0: what do I know what's going on welcome to fireside nets with Spin and Nick brought to you by Empire Sports media today is a very special episode it's episode 61. And Nick and I, I thought you say 69. It's not 69. We're eight episodes away from that. And Nick and I are in person for one of the very few times in our lives. S- in 61 episodes. So before we get into anything, I have one question for you. Can I have a hug? Sure. Thanks. So for those listening, I'm giving my brother a hug. For those watching, you can see. This isn't any of that Nick and Aaron Carter bullshit. This isn't any of that Logan Paul and Jake Paul fake brother love. These are two brothers who care deeply about the other's well-being. Yeah. And also shout out to everyone who celebrated Mother's Day this past Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to our beautiful mother, Randy. You know, Sven, before we start talking about the Nets, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's going on, Nick? Um, Have you ever used a lawnmower to trim your balls? I'm sorry? Have you ever used a lawnmower to trim your balls? I can't say that I have. Well, now you can. The Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped is a skin safe electric trimmer that takes care of all your shaving needs. Is it an actual lawnmower? No, you idiot. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the name of an electric trimmer that Manscaped creates. They're super clever, they basically use like lawn terms to speak about shaving your man parts, right? So the weed whacker is a nose and ear hair trimmer, the crop preserver is an anti-chafing crotch deodorant, and the crop reviver is a ball spray toner. That's a lot of balls, man. Well, you're a lot of men, man. I am indeed, and for a limited time only, everyone who's listening, please use the code Fireside all caps for 10%, scratch that, 20% off all Manscaped products at manscaped.com. That's Fireside, all uppercase, all capital letters to get 20% off all products, especially the lawnmower that Nick was talking about. For your balls. Okay. Well, as Manscaped says, get scaped. Is that an actual tagline? No, but do you like it? Not bad for our first official ad read, little brother. Let's get back to the show. All right, let's do it. So we're going to start off with a segment that I like to call a recap of the season. So the playoffs are almost here. Right now, the Nets are the three seed or the two seed? (laughs) The Nets are the two seed. Okay, the Nets are the two seed. They're three games behind the Sixers, and the Bucks are three and a half game behind the Sixers. So we wanted to recap the regular season, the high points the low points, and let's start, Nick, with the high points. So first two games of the season, the Nets beat up on Golden State and Boston. Do you remember that? I do. It was a very promising start. All right, we then have the James Harden trade, which was a big deal. I know there were many mixed opinions on that, but I think overall that turned out to be a really high point of the season, which I was very against, stupidly. We have James Harden's signature moment against the Phoenix Suns. The Nets had no business winning that game. Harden brought the Nets all the way back in the fourth quarter, hit the go-ahead free-pointer to essentially close out that Nuggets game. And I think the Nets ended up sweeping the – I'm sorry, the Suns. The Nets ended up sweeping the Suns in their series, Nick. Yeah, Suns are a fantastic team this year, and uh, the Nets are better. We swept the New York Knicks, which – Honestly, most years doesn't mean anything, but this year the Knicks are actually pretty good at basketball. Now Knicks fans won't shut up about it. Right, so we swept the Knicks, I think, three games to zero. We had huge wins against the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Clippers in January to prove to everyone that we can hang with the best and most elite teams in the NBA. And we beat the Lakers. And we beat the Lakers. We also had a 13-1 and stretch From, I believe, late February to March, the Nets were playing the best basketball of the season. James Harden was hitting on all cylinders, and we did the majority of those wins, Nick, without Kevin Durant. Yeah, at that point, it really seemed like we weren't going to lose a game the rest of the season. You had that April 1st game against the Charlotte Hornets, where the Nets played perfect basketball and LaMarcus Aldridge went off, former Net. And then he actually took off. Well, we're going to get back to that when our not-so-fond memories. Uh, we beat the MVP this year, 2-0 and against the Denver Nuggets. I, I mean, Jokic is probably going to be the MVP. We beat him the other day. We also beat him, uh, I want to say, in the beginning of the season. But 2-0 and against the MVP, Nick, I think that's pretty damn impressive. Wish I took that MVP bet. We had huge games from Bruce Brown and then the 2020 game from Alizé Johnson. Those two guys... I'm not sure if anybody predicted how much those two players would contribute this season, but more so Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown has had some really high points, but Bruce Brown hasn't registered a 2020 game like my man Alizé did. Uh, Both those guys have been a very pleasant surprise. And then finally, acquiring Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge, while at the time nobody knew what would happen with LMA, that was a huge moment in in the season to acquire a veteran presence like Blake Griffin and, and a post talent like LaMarcus Aldridge. And Blake Griffin proved he could still dunk. Do you have any more fond memories that I'm missing right now? Uh, I think, I mean, we got to talk about the fans and the Nets community that blew up. I mean, if you guys are paying attention to Fireside Twitter, if you guys are paying attention to what's going on in the media, Brooklyn Nets fans are coming out of their shell. And Brooklyn Knicks fans are getting so freaking pissed about it. So one of my favorite parts of this season is this growing fan base in Brooklyn, watching the Knicks get, Knicks get so pissed every time a new Nets fan comes. Who was that guy the other day who switched from a Knicks to a Nets fan? Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang, huge. Yeah, I, I think um, it wouldn't be fair for me to talk about the high points without mentioning, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irvin have both played MVP caliber basketball at certain points of the season. Joe Harris While we saw his three-point streak snap, he was on a ridiculous streak to start the season. I think it was uh, 70 or 80 straight games with a three-pointer. I mean, the the man was just uh, had a ridiculous streak. One of the best three-point shooters in the league this year. What about Uncle Jeff? Uncle Jeff, you can talk about all his posterizations, ending people's lives on the basketball court. The birth of Claxton. Nick Claxton came up huge this year. We're giving individual players our praise right now. Uh, You can't talk about individual players without bringing up Landry Shamit. He had a very nice shooting stretch. And Mike James, bitch. (laughs) Yes, Mike James, who? Mike James, he was another acquisition by the Nets. Didn't think much of it, but he's been playing pretty well these last few weeks. And back to Shamit. Uh, A lot of fans and the media wrote Shamit off because he was cold to start the season. He got it going when a lot of guys for the Nets went down. He was a great uh, part of that 13-1 stretch. And then much recently, he's been a little bit cold as of late. So we're hoping by the playoffs, Shamit can get out of his slump. All right, Nick, we got to talk about the not-so-fond memories. Starts with getting swept by the Memphis Grizzlies and then losses to Atlanta, OKC and Charlotte with no LaMelo ball very early in the season. Yeah, there were some really low points and some really high points like we touched on. But there were some very low points where we were playing down to pretty much every single competitor. Some of the worst teams in the league were having some of the worst players in the league look like elite talent against us. Players you've never heard of were dropping 30 on us only against the Brooklyn Nets. Started nine and eight, This season, not a great start. Uh, The big loss early on was against the Washington Wizards. The six-point swing in under 30 seconds. First, the three-pointer by Bradley Beal, then the botched inbounds by Joe Harris. We couldn't inbound the ball for like four weeks. Russell Westbrook hit the game-winning three. That was one of the worst losses I've ever watched. And I watched the Eagles come back from three touchdowns to beat the New York Giants. All right. We also have the first game with the big three was a loss to the Cavs in overtime. Colin Sexton went off that game. We also went against former net Jared Allen who played very big in that game. Rough way to start the big three era. They lost that game. Then it was a back-to-back. They played Cleveland the very next night and lost again. Now they didn't have the big three for that next night, but needless to say, you don't want to lose two games to the Cavaliers in any season. And look where Colin Sexton is now. His teammates hate him. Uh, also, I mean, you can look at this as a high point or low point, but I think it was a low point when we lost Jared Allen, Karis LeVert to the trade. Of course, we acquired James Harden, one of the best players in the league. He has probably been the MVP of the Nets this season. But Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, two guys at the franchise drafted. Um, it was tough to see them go. And and you see Jared Allen has played big for Cleveland most of the year. Karis LeVert has come alive for the Pacers while I love watching them play great on other teams, I do, miss, I do miss them in a Nets uniform. Yeah, it was really sad, especially Jared Allen. I, I think Levert needed to bring his star talent somewhere else, just with all the layers we were bringing to the team. But Jared Allen is a guy that we could really use right now. Oh, 100%. We have the three-game losing streak in the beginning of February that prompted Jeff Green to speak to the team. Nash had something to say to the team. And then Harden got on DeAndre Jordan. That was a low point, but it did spark the 13-1 and run in the next 14 games. We also have LaMarcus Aldridge's retirement. Not the the best moment for for Nets fans. Not the best moment for LaMarcus Aldridge. I'm sure he didn't want to step away from the game he loves, the game he's been playing his entire life. But that health scare, man, that's not something you want to mess around with. And it was a shock to Nets fans, to the organization. I mean, we signed this guy because we thought he would – bring us deep in the playoffs and unfortunately he he couldn't play after two weeks of being in that uniform that was really sad I Can't, think Marcus Aldridge yeah. was the, I think the biggest acquisition down low that we got as much as I love Blake Griffin Aldridge is just a bigger threat down offensively in, in the last couple of years as they're both aging Aldridge can kind of stay with it Blake Griffin really went from hero to zero pretty quickly now he's starting to come back from a couple injuries but Aldridge was a huge huge asset that we hopefully don't need, but felt like we needed for the playoffs. Big time asset. Um, Now we talk about some injuries. You had Kevin Durant's hamstring injury, Kyrie Irvin's hiatus from the team. That was not fun. James Harden's hamstring hamstring injury, which is still going on right now. Um, And that leads me to this last week of games. One in four this past week, Nick. Yeah. One in four. Uh, All of a sudden we forgot how to play team basketball. And a lot of stars are getting called out. Nash is getting called out. And it's looking a little rough out there. The Bam Adebayo buzzer beater to beat the Nets on April 18th. That was not a fun game to watch. Not sure where you're going, so out of order. but Yeah, well, that's how the list is written. You wrote the list. The Nets lost to the Lakers' backups. Kyrie was ejected. And then Ben McElmore went off. That was was a rough moment this season. And then finally, uh, I think all Nets fans can relate to this, but TLC getting a lot of playing time. It's just a bad thing in general yeah just yeah. probably not the best yeah, but we have a stacked roster why is tlc playing i mean we should get back to the one and four we're going to end the list now we should get back to the one and four week so let's let's start we're going to start on a high note you can see we went high then we went low now we're going to go back high with that one in four week we played the denver nuggets on saturday that was at 10 p.m start time so i'm, I'm sure a lot of people went to sleep for this one But, Nick, the Nets played a hell of a second half because that that first half, it looked like the Nuggets were going to run away with this. The energy wasn't there. The defense wasn't there. I personally was tweeting up a storm on the Fireside Nets account. Michael Porter Jr. starts the game off with four threes in the first quarter. The Nuggets jump out to an early lead. I believe they had, what, 37 first quarter points, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was a rough one in that first half. Uh, 37 and 34, respectively, for the Nuggets in the first two quarters, 24 and 32 for the Nets. The rhythm wasn't there. The offensive flow wasn't there. No one was playing great for Brooklyn. But this team really turned it around in the second half. I mean, Kevin Durant, 33 points for him, 9 of 14 from the field. Kyrie Irvin, 11 of 17, 4 of 7 from 3 for 31 points. And then Blake Griffin. I I mean, you're looking – How are we going to get points outside of Kyrie and KD when Harden's not on the court? The role players haven't played great as of late, but Blake Griffin, eight of 10 from the field, four of six from three point land, 20 points for Blake Griffin. And he played some excellent defense on Nikola Jokic down the stretch, really frustrated Jokic in that fourth quarter. You saw Jokic whining after every single, I guess, non-foul call on, on offense for the Nuggets, but Griffin was playing him straight up, and, and Griffin ended the game with five fouls, but he was able to stay in there. Jokic ended up going for 29 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Michael Porter Jr. had 28 points on six three-pointers. Um, Campazzo. Campazzo had 19. Yeah, Campazzo was like killing a Three from 46 feet away. When he hit that shot, it was basically a broken play, and Campazzo took a Steph Curry range three. I, I, buzzer, buzzer beater. Yeah, shot clock beater. I thought it was over. I mean – this game was an anomaly. The Nuggets are never like there's sometimes you see in basketball, everyone on your team is clicking for a certain amount of time, right? You're lucky if that lasts a couple of quarters. Somehow the Nuggets without Jamal Murray, who's after the season, obviously had a bunch of crap players in who were not missing. So besides Jokic, I don't think, I mean, Porter's having a good season, 19 points a game, shooting 50%. That's really all he can do. All he can provide to a team is scoring. He does nothing else. And I think we've all seen him make more mistakes than I mean, his scoring sometimes even makes up for in most games. Then you have guys like uh, Campazo we just mentioned going for 19. Marcus Howard, Marcus Howard getting 13. I don't even know who that is, but I remember seeing Howard on his last name. So this was to me a half where the Nets weren't necessarily playing so awful, but the Nuggets were somehow not missing a shot. Then it evened out, right? At one point we were down 19 points yes. in the second quarter and everyone's wondering if it's going to be over. And I'm sitting there thinking literally all the Nuggets need to do is get cold or play to what they're, talent level right now kind of standard is with Jokic being the only guy who can carry the team and that's what happened the second half was the Nuggets just balanced out everyone went cold except for Jokic potential MVP and Durant Kyrie Blake the entire Nets organization which is as a, is on another level of talent than the uh, Nuggets are just started scoring and playing their game and I think the biggest stat that stands out to everybody I know this blue eye in eagle's mind We shot 62% from the field on 66 shots. The Nuggets shot 45% from the field on 92 shots. They shot 26 more shots than us, 15% less. How does that even happen, right? We had 17 turnovers compared to their 12. They out-rebounded us uh, offensively by eight. So then they definitely had some putbacks, definitely some transition points. But I am like still baffled at how a team not only shot 26 more shots than us in the game, how does that happen, and we still win the game. Yeah, it was a weird one, right? It was two different games in the first and second half. And I'll say this. You talked about um, Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. really being the only two guys on the team. That's why Jokic is your MVP. He's got the Nuggets sitting third or fourth in the West. You haven't seen the best of Jamal Murray this year. Yes, Michael Porter Jr. has come alive as of late. But after the game, you heard Steve Nash. You heard uh, was it Kevin Durant. They basically, oh, Blake Griffin said this. Nicole Jokic is the MVP. They're like, yeah, we beat him, but the guy's unstoppable. And and I don't want to say the Nets got lucky. I think that we got physical with Jokic and Griffin was able to throw him off his game, but it, it takes a lot to, to throw a guy like Jokic off his game. And luckily the Nets were able to battle with him the whole game. And I, I think he just had to do too much in that second half for the nuggets to win at least kevin durant and kyrie Irvin can kind of depend on the other to, to score if, if they needed breaks uh we got to give jeff green some praise he had a very strong game five of eight from the field three of four from three for 15 points he had a lot of timely buckets for the nets in that second half especially in that fourth quarter if you remember i think green had five or seven straight points to open that fourth up mm-hmm so really good win for the Nets. It, it was much needed because before that, they were on a four-game losing streak. We're going to go back to Tuesday. It was, by the way, the final score of that Nets-Nuggets game, 125-119. We go to Tuesday. The Nets lost to the Bucks, 124-118. to And this was already, so you're saying four-game losing streak. We already covered last week they lost to the Trailblazers and they lost to the Bucks. That was the start of the streak. Then they lost to the Bucs again, which is what we're about to talk about. Yes, correct. Second game of uh, the doubleheader against the Bucks, if you will. Uh, Kevin Durant, 32 points. Kyrie Irving, 38 points. But it just wasn't enough. I, I mean, this was the game where DiVincenzo had 15 rebounds. You're not going to win a lot of basketball games when Dante DiVincenzo, the starting shooting guard, is going for 15 rebounds and 10 points. Giannis had 36. He just has torched the Nets in these in these last few games. Thirty six for him. I mean, we went off about this on the live stream. We, yep. we this was the game where why didn't we have one big man in with a couple minutes left because Dante Divincenzo was getting rebounds over every single person on our team. I mean, during clutch time, the Bucks got scoring from everybody though. Twenty three for Middleton, seven rebounds for him. Twenty three for Holiday, ten assists for him. Four of six from three, eight of thirteen from the field, um, and then Bryn Forbes off the bench, four three pointers and fourteen points. The the, the Bucs had it going. And even though the Nets beat the Nuggets the other day, we still haven't figured out that offensive flow to our game. And you saw that against the Bucs. Richard Jefferson said something. It was either on this broadcast or the game before. And basically what he said was, it's great that KD and Kyrie are getting theirs. Who doesn't love seeing those two guys go for 30 a night, 40 a night, whatever the case may be. But they got to get their role players involved. You haven't seen Joe Harris shoot the ball great as of late. Landry Shamit's in a slump. Jeff Green before that Nuggets game has not played great. Jeff Green had 10 points in this one, five rebounds. Uh, Joe Harris with 12. And Landry Shamit with three points. He was one of eight from the field. You need more from those guys. Um, Yes, Mike James has been nice off the bench. There are a lot of people on Nets Twitter who don't like Mike James. I like him solely because he gets guys involved. And that's something that- He's I'm, fearless. He, he is, he's fearless. Not, a, he is like not shy, which I think gets him a lot of hate because sometimes he takes ill-advised shots. Sometimes they go in. He has a little bit of a Brandon Jennings vibe to him mm-hmm. where he's going to go on the court and he's not going to be afraid to shoot. He's not going to be afraid to drive. He's not going to be afraid to create. And sometimes he looks like a million bucks. Sometimes he looks like a guy we just picked up from another country who's still trying to figure out the American game of basketball. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Mike James has been up and down, but like I said, I like that he gets guys involved. Um, this was a game where having Nick Claxton play more than five minutes would have helped you. But I think this was his first game back, uh, from what turned out to be COVID. He he had COVID-19. So he's, he's, he's in a ramp up process during this time. DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, those guys aren't going to be able, Jeff Green, they're not going to be able to handle Giannis. And that's what we found out. And if you're going to allow the bucks to go off and score 124, you got to score more than them. And that's, that's how you win in the NBA. And we were in it the entire game. It was just the fourth quarter we unraveled. And again, we, we've talked about this on the live stream, but the Bucks were playing team basketball. Yes. We were playing isolated star basketball. So all of their attention went to Kyrie and Durant, while all of our attention was scattered across their five scorers who were distributing the ball well on a much better uh, efficient scoring level than we were, and so they outplayed us basketball-wise. I'm not going to say they had more talent. I'm not going to say their team is more polished. But what I will say is, during that fourth quarter game on Tuesday, the Bucks were playing selfless, sophisticated, strategic basketball. We were playing, please hit a shot, KD or Kyrie. So KD and Kyrie had 70 combined points in this one, and it wasn't enough. What's 118 minus 70? is that 40 or 48, 48, that was 48 by the rest of the team, 70 uh, combined from them. And they let up one twenty-four. And, and you just, you're not going to win basketball games against a team like the bucks that offensively they're there. They're, they're just as good as the nets offensively without Harden, I think. Um, but you need a defense in this one. You need an offensive flow. And unfortunately you did not really have either of those KD went cold down the stretch in that one, I think, or, or is it this this the other game he went cold down the stretch? I don't know. But it is what it is. 124, 118. That was the second loss in as many games against the Bucs. Did you know one time I saw Brent Forbes play Northeastern when he was at Michigan State? Really? I watched him play College Basketball. Him and Denzel Valentine. Ooh, they, I remember Denzel. They destroyed he us on the Bulls. Destroyed us. He had one of the worst shots. Of the season, I think I've ever seen a player take in the NBA to basically lose a game earlier this year. Denzel Washington, not Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes doesn't really miss a lot. He's a you said Denzel player. Washington, who's the oh a Denzel, Denzel Valentine. Valentine? Denzel Washington's the actor. The actor. Uh, yeah. But props to Bryn Forbes. And hey, when I talk about other players and other teams, Brin Forbes was at Cleveland State, transferred to Michigan State, undrafted, earned a spot on the Spurs because Pop really thought he could be a, a good role player, a solid shooter, and now he's getting minutes on a on the you know, top three team in the East, top five team in the league. So good for Bryn Forbes. All right. We move on to Thursday. That was our matchup against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I don't think we ever really led in this one, Nick. It, It was another game. The Mavs scored 37 in the first quarter Actually, we, we did hold them to under 30 in the second. We held them to 19 in the third. We were up going into the fourth quarter. Yes, we were up a little bit. Then they erupted for 31. Dontich, 24 points, eight assists for the Mavs. Our 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 um our best offensive player, Kyrie Irvin, 45 points in this one. Had to shoot 31 times to get there. But a lot of the same in this game as we said in the Bucks game. Yes, Kyrie went for 45. KD actually had a bad game for KD. 20 points, 7 of 21 from the field, no three-pointers. Outside of those two guys, your next leading man was Jeff Green with 11. Blake Griffin had 10. Bruce Brown had 10. Nobody else was in double figures. Uh, the Nets shot the ball 35% from three-point range, 43% from the field. J- just again, this is – and we couldn't stop Luke down the stretch. Let, let's be 100% honest. He scored on Kevin Durant. He scored on Kyrie Irving. He scored on anybody who covered him. This is becoming or has been a problem with the Nets not being able to slow these guys down in this stretch. When we played the Trailblazers a few weeks ago, it was Damian Lillard who just went off on us. And that's expected. But don't let that happen in crunch time. Don't let that happen when you have to go on a run because Damian Lillard in the third quarter goes off, the game's over. Giannis in those two games against the Nets – goes off in the fourth quarter, Middleton hit some shots, the game's over. Now we play Luca, who's not an MVP this year, but he he was a candidate last year. And we just couldn't stop him, Nick. We we couldn't it's not about stopping him, we couldn't even slow him down. So, again, lack of offensive rhythm, not a lot of scoring outside of Kyrie and KD, lack of defensive focus, and and that's what led to this loss. I'd also love to see some numbers on how often we lose when Joe Harris gets sub 10 points. Joe Harrison, three for nine shooting for nine points. I mean, that's the dude, you know, we lost by four, 113, 109. That's the dude with those five minutes left in the fourth quarter that is going to always take one or two big threes. And if he doesn't hit one of them, hopefully both, if he doesn't hit one of them, uh, we're screwed. A lot of the time we're finding right. Durant and Kyrie are going to draw a double always in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. Joe Harris is our go to knockdown three pointer. He's the one who always makes a a game a couple inches away. A tire gives us the lead. So I would like to see stats. Joe in that game only had nine points. When Joe's on, we usually win. I don't know the exact point average and losses and wins, but there has to be some sort of correlation to me because I am sensing a pattern. Landry Shamit zero points in this one. Oh five from the field. He missed four three pointers. When, when Joe Harris and Landry Shamet are combining for nine points and what, two made threes, they're a huge part of what the Nets do. The, the reason that KD and Kyrie are able to score so much, they're going to start drawing a lot of attention in the playoffs. Joe Harris and Landry Shamet are going to need to hit open shots down the stretch, especially Landry Shaman. He's in a slump right now. I vouched for him at, in the beginning of the season when he was in another slump. I think he's going to come out of this, but it's got to happen sooner rather than later, Nick. Also, one slump is a lot, two slumps is kind of bullshit. So you can't be a go-to knockdown three-point shooter that we just picked up for that reason if you're going to be in and out of slumps every every couple months. Also, last thing I'll say on the Doncic play is really cool. There was a piece where Durant got interviewed asking about Doncic and really talked about how hard this dude is to cover and he says he tricks you every time because you don't know whether he's athletic or not. Because he has kind of a thicker build, and obviously I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of, he acts like he's not athletic, he kind of sneaks by you, then he uses his body and jumps right into you to draw the foul. Or he's lackadaisically walking on the court and you think he's about to pull up because he can't really run fast, boom, he takes one step and he's already by you because he's way quicker than you'd ever imagined. So props to uh, Durant for playing that compliment and props to Doncic for earning that compliment. Do you know anybody else who, Looks very unathletic, but when they play basketball, they're a lot quicker than their opponent, Nick. I'm referring to myself. Literally, I step on the court. People see me. They're like, who's this thick jabroni? I come on the court. I put in the bed. Oh, sorry. I got a call from my doctor. I'll call him back later. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much play like Luka Doncic, just not as crafty, not as good a scorer, but that's my game. Shout out to Luka. One of the best to ever do it from Slovenia. Now he's in the NBA. He's going to be a great player for a long time to come. And shout out to the waitress at the Chinese restaurant we went to last night that told Spen he had packed on a few pounds. Yeah, that wasn't the nicest thing uh, a waitress has ever told me. It, it, it might not be the meanest thing either, because I've I've been pretty uh, crapped on by waiters and waitresses throughout my life. All right, before before we move on, I also I forgot about playing that Denver game. Do you realize that Joe Harris almost blew the game? When? He, oh, he just when he turned line. the ball, he threw yeah. the ball to the Nuggets. Yeah. And, and then I think we were, just didn't get the call. we were up one and then, and the Nuggets could have scored and, and, and basically taken the lead. And Blake Griffin, first of all, the Nuggets had to reset because they didn't have the fast break. Blake Griffin played some excellent, or oh, was it KD? One of the other played some excellent defense on Jokic, uh, caused the miss. The Nets were able to hold on, but Joe Harrison crunch time, man, if you're not shooting, give the ball to someone who's on your team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Before we kind of end the pod, I just want to do a quick update just on where we are in the season. I know we gave that recap as the season comes to a close. We are in second place behind the 76ers by three games, up a half game to the Milwaukee Bucks. There are five games left before playoffs. We are at the Chicago Bulls. We are hosting the San Antonio Spurs, hosting the Chicago Bulls, and hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, been, I'm sorry, four games total. My math is terrible. I'm looking at four wins. I just don't think you can count. I'm looking at four wins right now. Tell me who's going to beat us. We lost to the Bulls already with Vucevic. That's a bad game. But we have the Bulls, Spurs, Bulls, Cavs to round out the season with three home games. What do we go? I think we finished two and two. I what? Think, yeah. I, I Look, I think we're going to lose one game to the Bulls. The Bulls are playing some very good basketball right now. They just beat the Boston Celtics the other night. Uh, they destroyed somebody last night. Uh, they're, they're playing good with uh, Vucevic, Levine, Kobe White's look good. Denzel Washington slash Valentine's look Denzel. good. Denzel. Denzel. You first. You called. Wait. You said Denzel Washington again? Yeah, but I, I said it as a joke this time. Um, I think the Bulls will take one of those games, and I think the Spurs—they're uh, a team that needs to win to, I, I guess, get better seeding in the playoff game. They're right on the verge of of that seven to to ten seed. Um, I think they're gonna beat us because I think we beat the Spurs earlier this year, so I think they're gonna get some revenge. I think we beat the Cavs to close out the year. You know, if the Cavs beat us, we got swept by the Cavs. Yeah. No, I'm aware. I think we're going to beat them though. I All think right. we win against the Cavs and the Bulls. I think we lose against the Spurs and the Bulls. All right. That comes to our last segment uh, before we wrap that I just created on the spot right now. And it's called things I think you can do better on this podcast. Okay. almost am um, Less like, I think, I believe, I don't knows. Uh, we should know stats and stuff that happened in the games. So I'd like to see some more hard hitting numbers from you going forward. You know, I heard something along the lines of, I think Kevin Durant went cold in the fourth quarter. I'd like to see something to back that up. Secondly, honestly, you know, next time I come to your home, I'd like some better hosting skills, maybe like some cheese and crackers out, maybe some beers in the fridge. All I see are white claws and stale bagels. Things could be improved when I'm here. Uh, I am the guest. You also fell asleep pretty quickly last night watching Solar Opposites. I had to kind of find a pillow, find a blanket, like kind of find the layout of where I was sleeping. So a couple minor things, you're still the cool guy. You're like a good dude. You look good, you know, you feel good. I packed on a few pounds according to my waitress uh, last night. And that's was that segment was called things Spencer can improve upon. It's funny cause you said I could improve at hosting. I thought you were gonna talk about the podcast. You were just talking about me having you in my apartment for a night because I'm driving you back to Brooklyn today. Well, hosting has double meanings, right? It's hosting the pod. It's hosting me as a guest. Uh, and overall your hosting skills right now I'd say are about a, a seven out of 15. Oh, seven out of 15, really? Well, I said a seven, and then I realized if I said out of ten, that would have been a big compliment. So I needed to raise the range here. All right, well that's all we got for today, guys. Uh, Nets four games left. Would love to see four and zero. Would be okay with three and one. Two and two would kind of suck. Zero and one isn't possible because there's four games left. Also, Manscaped use the promo code Fireside all caps to receive twenty percent off all products. If you buy a bunch of items and use that promo code, me and Nick will do a. Video shirtless talking about the Brooklyn Nets, and we will use the ball the word balls six times. Yeah, yeah, I second that. You could say basketballs, basketballs. Not now, Denzel Washington. <sighs> All right, since we're together, can we do it? Because it's going to sound really good now that we're not on Skype. One, two, a five, six, seven, eight. I catch you on the fireside. I'm the one who's supposed to go high. You wait for the... I go high, you go low. You wait for this. You wait for this. How are we related?